Do you have an idea, skill, some knowledge, or a product that you'd like to turn into a revenue stream online? Well, if you do, head on over to TomGaddis.com and download your free e-guide of my Milk It Method, how to turn your idea, skill, knowledge, or product into a huge cash cow. This is the four-step blueprint that I followed to grow a seven-figure online business from scratch, and I know it can help you, and it's free. So head over to TomGaddis.com and download your copy of the Milk It Method now. In this episode of What's the Secret, we're going to be talking to world-class copywriter and entrepreneur, Stefan Georgi. Stefan has done some amazing things in his career. Here's just a few quick hits. He created an in-house agency for a publishing company that grossed over $1 million in revenue and helped that company break $100 million in sales in a single year. He created a health supplement company that did $23 million in a single year. He partnered in an additional health supplement company that grossed another $44 million in a single year. He started a second agency that grossed about $5 million between 2018 and 2019. Ultimately, though, that company wasn't profitable, if you can believe it. And he started a call center that's grossed over $1 million a year since 2017. And this year, they will do somewhere between $6 million and $8 million in revenue. He started a high-level copywriting mastermind that grossed over $2 million in its first year and that will gross between $3 and $5 million this year. He's also launched a publishing company that will gross $1 million in its first year. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me about this interview with Stefan is just how open he is about his successes and his failures. And you're going to enjoy this episode because he's going to talk about things he's done right, things he's done wrong, and how you can apply what he's learned through experience to help you grow your own uh, business, whether that be online or off. So sit back, grab a cool drink, and enjoy episode 30 with Stefan Georgi of the What's the Secret podcast. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people, just like you and me, can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom, you're in the right place. Aloha, my name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha and welcome to the What's the Secret podcast. Stefan, how's it going, man? It's going great. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited you're here too. I, uh, you know, it's so funny, like just even having you on the podcast is like kind of a a surreal moment for me because I I had honestly never heard of you a few months ago, right? And uh, I came to you through Brian Kurtz and uh, picked up your copywriting course and was like just super impressed with all the stuff you talked about in there. And particularly your opening video where you you talk about starting on Warrior Plus. And I feel a, uh, I felt a kinship there because we started Offline Sharks on Warrior, we actually still do launches on Warrior Plus, oh. right? And uh, so I was like, oh man, like it was just to see the, you know, really to learn more about you and see the trajectory of from where you started there to where you are today. Like it just, it got me fired up. Like I called up my business partner and I was like, dude, we do not have to stay on Warrior Plus. Like we got to get this train moving. And uh, so maybe you can tell our listeners of What's the Secret a little bit about how you started and how you kind of got to where you are today. And we'll go from there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started in 2012 as a copywriter. Before that, uh, I had kind of bounced around on different things. And uh, it was sort of one of those things where I was born out of, of tragedy, but then it was this ultimate life-changing kind of thing that happened. So my dad had gotten sick with cancer in, in 2011. And really suddenly I was at an outdoor, like outdoor ed place, basically acting as an outdoor ed instructor in 2011 at this place called the Outdoor School in Marble Falls, Texas. And I thought I was going to do that for a while where I'd go to different outdoor like ed things and camps and just be like this nature dude. And that was kind of my, my plan. But when my dad got diagnosed with cancer, suddenly I came back to San Diego, which is where I'm from to spend time with, um, with him and help my mom out and everything. And he passed about five months after that. And after he passed, I, you know, obviously there was like the funeral and everything, but then I needed to kind of get out. I had been really intense five months, of course, to see this you know, man who I loved and admired and it's like my dad, right. And, and to, to be there and watch him deteriorate and to die and, and to be this rock for everybody. And, and, you know, so it was a difficult time and I wanted to get away and sort of have a weekend or something where I could sort of go blow off steam. And so I ended up going to Las Vegas with a friend from college and we went to Las Vegas. And when I was there, I was at a poker table and a girl walked into the room and I thought she was just really attractive. And I asked, uh, you know, I would joke to the table like, oh, I hope that she gets seated at our table and everyone kind of laughed. And then she did because you don't get to pick right when a, right. when you come to a poker room, you don't go to like, a table and just sit down. You go see the people, the hosts, like the person at the floor, and then they kind of assign you a table. But she got seated at our table out of like 100 tables. And she, you know, I thought she was attractive. Somebody asked her, what do you do for a living? She said, I'm a, I'm a writer. I want to know more and I want to talk to her. So I said, what kind of writer? She said, I'm a copywriter. And I said, that's awesome. And then I got my phone out and Googled what's a copywriter because I had no idea. Um, but then you know, I kind of found out. I got the, the, the five-second overview enough to, to keep talking and pretend I knew what she did for a living. Uh, I took a corporate job after that in Florida. She came for a weekend and ended up sort of staying because I wanted her to. She ended up becoming my wife. I'll give you the spoiler now. So I always want to mention, because I tell the story and I say how she came for a weekend and didn't leave. And she's like, well, you wanted me to stay. And it's like, yeah, of course. I mean, thank God you stayed. Like we're married and have a child now. But um, yeah, so I was doing this corporate job. I was like outside sales and um, I was making like $200 a day, but I'd come home and she'd made like a, would have made a thousand dollars in the same day, but she was in her underwear drinking a beer. And I was doing this outside sales job in the hot Florida sun. And so finally I, I was like, why am I doing that? Like, I want to do what you do. Do you think I can become a copywriter? She said, yeah, you should try it. So I put a thing on, you know, Warrior Forum at the time, and um, then uh, like a, like a, a listing to offering to write sales letters for other people. I woke up, two people had hired me and said that you know they wanted to hire me for one hundred and forty nine dollars each. So I woke up with two hundred ninety eight dollars in my PayPal account. It was like I just won the Super Bowl. Uh, I felt right. so happy, I was so excited, and from there I just sort of started writing copy for clients and getting referrals, and uh, you know, and obviously it's built to quite a bit from there, but that was kind of the origin story. I, I can keep going. If you have questions about that first part though, I, I don't want to. Well, just no, I mean, one of, first of all, that is an amazing story. Like talk about the serendipity of life, right? Like yeah. just how these things just kind of fall into place. And uh, you know, when you, I, I relate to that feeling too. Like when you make your, that when you're doing something, anything new and you make that first little bit of income, it's like, you know, you're hooked. Like I remember the first, the first time we did a product launch and, uh, my phone, it would ding every time money would come in through PayPal. 
And yeah. so I remember sitting at my desk and it's like, ding, 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 ding. And my wife comes in and she's like, what's wrong with your phone? I'm like, oh, it dings every time there's money. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. And she's like, how long has it had been doing that? You know? And it was like, and I was like all morning. And she was just like, and it was like, for her, it was like the first realization of this crazy stuff that I'm trying to do would actually work. Right. And yeah. uh, I'm sure that's the same feeling you got right when you're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. So when you, when you started writing those, those sales letters, like I know you eventually ended up in like supplements, right? Were you in the supplements and the health niche and primarily? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was writing for, for the first year or two, it was like, whatever, right. Anything that came my way and it was sales letters on warrior forum, but then I made like an Elance account and Elance is now Upwork and I would just take anything. So I wrote for like a provider of three PL, like logistics, third party logistics, uh, a bunch of their web copy, like their website copy. I had a guy who um, had a business teaching painters how to start like their own like house painting businesses. And I wrote copy for that. Uh, you know, you name it. The guy who taught people how to start franchises. Uh, and I would and I would do research. I wrote somebody's like college term paper one time. I would do like anything. Because, you know, you like I quit my job. Like as soon as I realized I can make money online, like writing. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I don't need to have a boss or anything. And so... Uh, but I, but then, you know, the, the reality sinks in and you're like, oh crap, I still have to pay my bills and all that. So, you know, for the first couple of years, it was sort of trying different things out. And then I, I had a, a guy hire me who was in, uh, he's Singaporean, but he was out of uh, Romania. His name's Yi YI. And they started having me focus on more health oriented stuff. So like informational products about, um, you know, like, al- like alternative medicine type stuff and guys on alternative medicine. And mm-hmm. I started writing for them. Uh, they started having a lot of success with those the the, the sales funnels they were putting up and the uh, the offers they were putting out. And uh, before I knew it, they did like nine figures in a, a single year. They did over 100 million in sales off the strength of my copy. And I didn't realize it at first because I really only knew the copywriting side. And I still remember he came to visit me in San Diego because I was important to them because of how much money they were making. But I had no idea. <laughs> right. And I remember him being like, I don't think you you know, realize how you know good your stuff's doing like how, how much we're making and i was like you know you can tell me like i'm not gonna ask for more money it's fine like you can tell me come on and he, he told me and like the first thing out of my mouth was i'm gonna need more money you know i was like oh, <laughs> like, oh wow i was like yeah you guys gotta which into their credit they did they, they paid me more i wrote a bunch of stuff they gave me an opportunity even there to to write a variety of niches though which was kind of neat because they had a whole blockbuster model where they wanted to put out as many new sort of informational offers as they could and they figured some would do really well, some would do okay, some would bomb, and that was fine. They wanted to just sort of dominate and have like all these offers coming out to the marketplace. So I could come up with ideas and they would almost always do it because they decided to get the production side to fulfill on the product. So it was like a lot of written guides, but there'd be like video trainings and things of that nature too. So we do like self-defense or sports betting or um, like you know, some dating stuff and whatever it was, I could sort of have my pick and, and law of attraction, personal development. So I actually wrote just a ton of stuff for them and a ton of categories. And that was an amazing experience because I was getting to write all this stuff. And then in 2015, I decided to start my own health supplement company because I saw that there was kind of a cap of them. They were an amazing, you know, uh, person group to be working with, but I was never going to have like ownership. I was never going to have any like kind of equity and my pay was always going to kind of be capped. And I've always been really entrepreneurial. My, my spirit has or whatever. And so I left to start a health supplement company. And from that point on, um, my focus has primarily been in health supplements. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that I really struggle with consistency when it comes to writing, right? 
Like, and you're talking about, I mean, it sounds like you're writing a ton of offers for those guys, right? Like you're cranking out copy all the time. Like, how did you, I mean, like, I know internally, like you just do it, right? Like when it comes, I mean, when it comes down to it, like you just do it, you just get up, you do it every day. But did you have any, like any guidance for anybody out there that struggles with that? Like, how do you motivate yourself to just get up and do it every day? Like, yeah, I I think that, you know, with practice, we, we build habits and it does become easier. Uh, beyond that though, having like a good process or framework really helps a lot. Having like a blueprint, right? Um, for me, we talked about my kind of copywriting course and my method, which is the RMBC method. So it stands for research mechanism, brief and copy. And basically it's like a four step process for writing really any sales copy. Like it gets applied to sales letters a lot, which is what I was doing at the time. But you're in the course, and as you know, there's stuff for like writing Facebook ads, writing emails, writing advertorials, writing all kinds of you know uh, stuff. And uh, but having that process where it's really replicable, where it's like if I go through these steps, I'm going to create high level sales copy again and again. I created it during that time where I was working with those people because uh, I they wanted me to do like 12 sales letters a month, which for anyone who's never if you've never written a sales letter before, that's an absurd goal. It's a crazy Um, amount. (laughs) It's crazy. And to be like good, because if they weren't good, then they're not going to keep paying me. Right. Um, so I had to figure out this really like kind of templatized approach. So there was an economic incentive because they had it built on scale where the more output I had, the more I could make. Uh, but also having a process to where instead of kind of having to come up with all these reinvent the wheel every time, and so I had to do that, I could just sort of plug into my process, which was like research, ask these specific questions that I need to answer. So um, you know, about like the prospects, victories or failures, their pain points, uh, what solutions they've tried in the past. And then getting those answers on forums, on Amazon, looking at five-star reviews and one-star reviews. There's a bunch of questions for research. So I was like, well, I always kind of need to like know this stuff about the market and the products that they've tried, their level of awareness. So why don't I do research every time? And then the mechanism stuff is like two part, right? There's the mechanism of the problem, mechanism of the solution. Cause I'm like, by the time the prospect comes to me like they've already tried other solutions in the past so i need to be able to explain to them why they failed in the past and why the solution i'm going to offer them is different so you do that the mechanism of the problem is why they failed in the past so it may be that someone's tried to lose weight 100 times and they haven't actually been able to keep the weight off and you find that there's a new hormone in the gut and that that's hormone actually controls your metabolism and there's all this science proving that that's true and then you're like hey the real reason that you haven't been able to lose weight isn't because you know calorie counting or exercise or keto or whatever. It's because there's this hormone in your gut that you didn't know about. Doctors just discovered it and it actually controls your metabolism. But as you get older, you have less of this hormone. So it's just really hard for you to uh, lose weight. So then the solution, the second part of the mechanism is logically connected. It's like, so we got to get more of that hormone into your gut. How do you do that? Well, if you eat like beets or carrots or celery, or if you take the supplement, whatever it is. Um, and then the next part of the brief is just a- asking more questions I need to answer before I write. So like, what's the story? What's like the background story, right? Who discovered the solution? What were, were they in pain? Like, were they struggling? What did that look like? What's the product? And like writing out what the product is actually kind of doing a little bit of pre-writing before you actually write your sales letter. Cause I'm gonna have to write what the product is in the sales letter anyway. So if I might as well just like answer that in a little bite-sized chunk before I get to that part, uh, and so if I do those three things when it comes to writing the copy, which I have a really structured outline and you've seen that it was like 55 bullets or whatever it is in the outline. And it's really paint by the numbers. But if you look at good sales letters, um, it's like the same stuff every single time in the same order. 
So realizing all of that, I know that was a, a lot to, for the question of how does somebody get motivated to do it, but the point is not that you have to use my method, but like having like a, a framework or a process or something that you adhere to makes it a lot easier because you remove a lot of like the mystery and unknown uncertainty from, uh, from writing and, and that whole kind of endeavor. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, that's a great answer to that question. And to like going through that process too, like I'm sure like as you start that, like for me, I know like whenever I have to do something that I find uncomfortable or that I put off doing, like I have to have some little thing that just gets me started. Yeah. Right. And so like that formula is great because if you just do the first part, you'll start to get like the gears flowing and, and move more into the next, the next part and you can keep moving. Right. Hundred percent. One of the nice parts about it too is when you start with research, because again, there's whatever I said, like 21, 22 research questions, but you're just answering questions by doing research. So you're kind of just going down rabbit holes. You're going to like forums, you're reading people's interesting stories, you're, you know, so like you're like, I don't feel like writing right now. It's like cool. Guess what? You don't have to write. Like in the start, you start the process <laughs> yeah, by not right. writing. You start the process by, you know, just doing research and reading interesting stuff. But yeah, your wheels start turning as you're reading about people's stories or struggles or hopes and dreams, like what they're using, what they like about products, like their beliefs about existing solutions, like all that gets your wheels turning. Uh, and then even the mechanism part, you're not, you're writing a little bit, but you're just kind of going down a rabbit hole, finding interesting research about, uh, you know, coming up with interesting ideas of why they've, they've maybe struggled in the past. So uh, it is really modular and you kind of just ease your way into it. And by the time you get to the, the sales letter, again, it's not that intimidating because like, you've already done your research, you kind of know what they have tried, what their experiences are like, you can really talk to them from, you know, that, that perspective. Uh, you have like your mechanism, which is a huge part of the sales letter, you've answered stuff about like the product and the background story, which is going in your sales letter. So even once you get to the copy outline, where you're going to write like a sales letter, um, really the outline for a sales letter, the big parts are like the lead, background story, mechanism of the problem, mechanism of solution, product build up and reveal, and then close. And then there's an FAQ section you should put at the end generally. So the lead is like the big promise and like sort of calling out their pain points and teasing an emotional story, teasing your mechanism. It's like, well, you know, I know the promise from my brief, but I also know the pain points and from my research, I'm teasing the mechanism. I have that and the emotional story I did in my brief as well. And then the next part's the background story. You know, well, I wrote that in my brief already, just copy and paste that in. And, you know, the mechanism of the problem, well, well I already have that. So we just put that in. So suddenly it's this really modular approach to writing a copy like that. And because it's so modular and you, so you already did the mechanism stuff, right? So now you're like, all right, I'm just gonna write that out in a little bit of a cleaner format. And you're like, oh shoot, that's like a fourth of my letter is already finished or a fifth of my letter. And like the product build and reveal is always the same thing. It's basically just, you know, and then I was like, why, why couldn't they just go to Amazon, right? So once our, our spokesperson like realize the real solution and it's whatever it is, it's more hormones, more of this hormone in your gut, right? Going back to this hypothetical example I made up, but like, you know, why can't they just go to Amazon and buy like hormone grow and like have more of this, right? It's like, well, you know, there's no one, no one has a solution. There's not a supplement and you can't, you know, you could get it from most foods, but most foods don't help to like, you know, support it. So you're dismissing those alternatives as you build up to why they had to find either create the, the product themselves or they had to like find the one person who was doing it right and then you're introducing the product, but it's really formulaic. So um, I feel like I'm being long-winded again, but you know, it, the point is it does make it really modular. A lot of that, uh, those objections that you have internally when you're sitting down to write. This episode of What's the Secret Podcast is sponsored by Offline Sharks. Offline Sharks, where website designers, social media experts, 
SEO professionals can get custom software tools and training on how to quickly scale and grow their digital agencies. If you're looking to build reoccurring revenue into your agency and go from one to two clients to six figures and beyond, Offline Sharks is the place to do it. So head over to offlinesharks.com forward slash Tom and start growing your agency today. Yeah, no, I mean, that's like, I'm a, a big fan of the course. Like, I think it's great. If you, you know, if you're looking to understand copywriting, if, you know, even if you're not going to be a copywriter yourself, and we talked a little bit about this before, I want to touch on it real quick, is that I think your course does a great job of showing somebody a, a formulaic approach to do it, right? And to yeah. understand how the pieces all go together. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because, like, as I started, like, you know, going through the course and then watching the different things you're doing, like, you know, I, I have a pretty good sense of whether somebody's telling me things they've done mm-hmm. or whether they're telling me things that just sound good, right? And yeah. one of the things that I really appreciate about what you do, not only in the course, but also, you know, in the emails that you send out to your list and stuff like that is your authenticity really comes through, right? And like, that's so important um, for me to see that and stay motivated. And like, you sent out an email to the list a few days ago that was about like, is copywriting the greatest skill, right? right? Is it the most important thing? And it caught my eye because I'm always telling people in our community over at Offline Sharks, like, you should learn copywriting. Like it'll make everything you do better. Like you should at least have a basic understanding of it, even if you're never going to do it. But I thought like you really, well, maybe you can talk a little bit about kind of like what you laid out in that email, because it's not such a black and white question, right? Like it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's copywriting. I guess what I'm trying to say is when you're starting an online business, which a lot of our listeners do, you you can get caught up in thinking there's one important thing and you end up spending too much time focusing on that instead of looking at the big picture, right? Which is, I think what you were trying to say in the email, I probably like clunkied that up and no, yeah, made it not good. as clear, but like, you know, you were talking about the various things. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, man, absolutely. No, I, yeah, the, 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 I'm not a big fan of like these blanket statements in general, right? Where it's like, XYZ is the most important thing in business. It's like, because I can make that argument for a ton of stuff. Like copywriting is super important and understanding copy because all copy is is selling, right? So like we're just, we're, we're ultimately, we're, I mean, we're building like a relationship. We're winning the hearts and minds of our prospects and then we're telling them to take an action. That's direct response copywriting. And the action may be to sign up for your email list or to buy a $50 product or to buy a $1,000 product or to call you or whatever that is. Like that's what we're doing. But that's really just sales. Uh, and so sales are really important, right? Cause if you don't have sales and you can't keep the lights on sales, are mo- yeah. Okay. Sure. Sales are super important, but if you don't have, you know, if your product sucks and your refund rates really high, then you're going to have run to immediate issues where you may not be profitable. So the sales don't matter. Right. I've, I've, so for people, you know, who listen to this and, and cause we've talked kind of, I, I took you up to 2015, right. But then the supplement company went to 23 million in revenue the next year. And then I had some other supplement companies that, I did close to 60 million in revenue in one single year of some companies that I owned. And then I've run a bunch of seven and eight and yeah, seven, eight figure companies. Companies have done nine figures cumulatively, but like even right now I have several eight and seven figure companies. So I've run a ton of companies and built a bunch of companies. So I'm coming, when I talk about this, I'm not just a copywriter of an opinion. 
I'm, I'm sharing it as an entrepreneur and someone who's had a lot of businesses, like some very successful, some that started off successful and then failed and some that just like totally sucked from the beginning, uh, which is part of being an entrepreneur too. Uh, but you know, so yeah, even if like you're, you have great sales, but you're, you're not profitable and what does it matter? I, you know, I, I revenue is a total vanity metric, right? And people get really excited. It's, it's impossible not to, I get it. The first time you sort of having a crazy day or a crazy month, or you look and you're like, you've done a couple million dollars in a year and you want to just be like, all right, let's pop the champagne. The mil- you know, there's a million, something mystical and magical about a million dollars. And the same thing is about $10 million. And it, it never gets old. I'm sure Jeff Bezos will be popping champagne when he hits a trillion dollars, right? Um, but it doesn't matter if you're not profitable and you can't keep the lights on. So sales isn't everything, right? And what about like the experience the customer has? Because if you are making sales and you're kind of profitable at the beginning, but then your product sucks and your customer doesn't like it, and there's again the refund rates are high or things like that, or you're operationally you're not fulfilling the product to them, uh, then that can take your business under too. So my whole point is that I think everyone should absolutely understand copywriting because it's you know a framework for selling and something that you can do whether it's with the written word and long form, long letters, right. That we saw through or speaking from stage. Like I sold over a million dollars worth of stuff for my copy of starter mastermind from stage by writing a presentation that followed RMBC or in-person sales, right. There's a bunch of stuff that it applies to everything. So it's, it's copywriting is, is really valuable and it's not even just about writing. It's about like a framework for selling. Uh, but there's no one thing that's the most important thing. And so when people kind of try and tell you that, I generally think that they're, oversimplifying and they're sort of doing you a disservice. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember one time I, we had a coaching student who came to me and I was like, there's so many things that you have to do in your business. Like, which one do you do first? Like, what's the most important? And I was like, they're all important. Like, <laughs> he's like, well, how, well, then what do you do? It's like, well, you just like, you have to tackle them all one thing at a time because they're all important. Like you can't, there's no way to compartmentalize <laughs> That was a hard time saying that word. That was a hard time saying that word. But anyway, um, yeah, well, I know you have lots, lots of other stuff going on too. I know too, you, if you guys aren't on Stefan's list, you should get on his list because I also thought your email, I know you just recently launched a course on being a freelance copywriter. You did it with right. Ian Stanley, uh, who I just interviewed for another episode. And um, you, you know, you did this breakdown because it, it kind of underperformed for, from what you were expecting, right? And you had this right. great email where you talked about like wh- where you felt like things could have been b- different and better. And I thought that email was fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, people want to, is it okay if I share how to get on my list on this podcast? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Cool. So if you go to like stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, you can get on my list. But I, yeah, email every day. And, um, I really, I've just kind of found that like, I'm, I, I've just really committed to being super like authentic and even radically transparent. And like, you know, when I talk about scaling businesses to seven and eight figures and doing $60 million in a year and doing, and I can give you this whole list of things and sound like really awesome. And I'm very proud of those things. And I do have a lot of knowledge, but I also struggle too. And it's like, I think a lot of people who are, you know, leaders are in positions where people look up to them are very comfortable sharing all of the good stuff, but they're way less comfortable sharing the ugly stuff or the bad stuff. And so even for this, this freelancer course that Ian and I launched, um, you know, it's an amazing course. The content's awesome. So like that part dialed in really good, but we focused a lot on the content and we didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about the marketing. And, and frankly, I was probably a little bit arrogant about it and maybe, you know, taking, uh, taking 
taking for granted that people would buy it because the content was really good, which is funny because like I, you know, I, I'm mentoring and coaching and helping all these people. Uh, and yet for me, as I did this, I kind of just, Hey, it's ready. Uh, the course is out. You should go buy it. And then we were selling to two different types of people and our, we didn't have like our, our, like a big idea behind it. Right. There was no sort of like unique value proposition and all these kind of like really basic mistakes that I made. And it was frustrating to me at first. It, it, like I, I realized like I, I'm lucky enough that like, it wasn't about the money. It truly wasn't right. Cause like I, I have a bunch of stuff going on and like I, but I, but I was like, I'm doing my audience a disservice by sort of not giving them the best chance to get this. Like by not having my marketing dialed in, by not having a good launch strategy, by not speaking to them, by not showing them why they need it. Because again, I think the course is super life-changing. Uh, but then I was like, you know, why don't, what can I do? That's gonna make, honestly, it was almost like, what can I do that's going to make me feel better? And I was like, you know what's make me feel better is just being super honest and sending out like a really like radically authentic email to my list about it. So like, cause I sent it only, I sent one email that morning being like, you know, Hey, like this is the launch. Like, Oh my God, I was so excited. And then like the next day my email was, uh, you know, my offers or like, oh, my launch is bombing and I couldn't be happier. And I just talked about how the launch was bombing and the mistakes I'd made and, you know, all these realizations I had. And, and it's, I, I, I'm proud of myself for that. Cause I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Really. When, when launches, right. When, when someone's launch doesn't go well, normally they either like they panic internally, but they generally just keep pretending things are, are going great. And they're like, Oh, we're crushing it guys. Just a, and I was like, nah, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I was like, I don't want to market like to my list. I have like, I'm I, going back to my list. I send these daily emails. There's so much value. I'm building relationships and I've got like a lot of social capital and emotional capital with the people on my list. Like I create real deep relationships and I'm like, even though the course is amazing, I, I don't feel like excited to be pushing it to my list like that hard because the marketing sucks. And I'm like a really good marketer and that's part of why people are on my list. And I'm like, this is, there's a disconnect. So I was like, I just don't, I'm not going to do it. Like I, I was like, Hey, the launch is kind of bombing here. The lessons I'm, I'm going to mention the, the, the launch a few more times, but that's it. And, um, I think that a lot of people really appreciated that and, and, you know, I'm glad I did it. And then, you know, bombing's all relative to it. it is funny. And Stanley mentioned that too. Cause it's like, we still end up with like a hundred or so new people to the course and she's like, you know, like a hundred thousand dollars, but it's, I started it's to funny. Say, I mean, it was like a nine ninety seven course and you were I like, know. the email I saw, you're like, Oh, we had 60 people. I was like, that's a pretty, know. you know, I guess you're, it, it changes too, as you, it's funny. Cause I remember sometimes I look back at the first launches we did just to remind myself when I'm feeling frustrated about a launch we're doing and I'm yeah. thinking, Oh, it's not going the way I want. I pull up one of the first two products we <laughs> launch and I look at those numbers and I'm get, I get grateful real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I, it is. And I understand that. And I think for me, the, the, cause it, it was more so like just knowing that I could have reached way more people. And like, if I had been like, I feel like I, I you know, I just, I sort of half-assed it on the launch and I did it not because I'm like totally lazy or anything like that, but because we just focused on the content. We sort of, Ian and I had never worked together before. And so suddenly it was ready and we're like, let's just put it out. And, um, so, you know, the, the, well, to be fair, a when I sent that email, we only had like ten sales, so it was it was bombing a lot more at that point. Um, but also, you know, I just I it, it didn't meet my expectations, but I feel like, you know, yeah, I, I get it. It's all relative, and and but I'm also happy about that. Like, how lucky am I that my my bombing is like a hundred grand in like four days or whatever, right? Like, yeah, cool. and you, lo- I mean, look at all the look at all of the great things that came out of that, right? The email, like the email to your list, never would have happened. Yeah. Right. The, the looking at what and realizing like, oh yeah, we really didn't 
you know, put enough time in the beginning to this, all that stuff, all those things you learn. Like I know for us in our business, like almost everything we do is a result of something we screwed up before, right? People are like, oh, how do you have it so dialed in? It's like, uh, because everything we're checking right now, we have messed up at some point along the way, you know? Yeah. No, two, two, two more things on that real quick. Yeah. Cause I totally agree. I, one is I'm working at like a publishing company cause I want to then be able to help other people I know in the space to like launch, uh, you know, their own kind of courses and trainings and, and different things that are within the realm of what I'm interested in, which is like marketing, freelancing, basically improving your financial, emotional, mental well-being. So I look at it and I'm like, well, thank goodness that I made this mistake with my own course and my own money rather than like bringing somebody else on, like having them excited and then it just bombs for them. So like, I'd rather learn the lesson for myself, right? And then that way I don't replicate it for somebody else who's entrusted whatever they've created to me. So there's that. And then even on the freelancing side, like I, there's a huge market there, right? Like it's, it's, I was, I had, I did a TV interview yesterday of this show called the list TV and I like, will air, I don't know, soon, but, um, so it's all about freelancing because it's a huge passion of mine. I really like helping people to, to make money and income as a freelancer because it's, it changed my life and I want to change other people's lives, but I was doing research to prepare for it and the interview and it's like looking at like Upwork, which is the biggest freelancing platform. They like track all this data. They use like an independent third-party research firm. They have like another like industry group. And it was some crazy stuff like 28 million people like freelance like la- in the US in 2019. And like, you know, like something like half of all Gen Z like gets freelancing income every year. And it gets, it's, it was 57 million people in the US freelance last year. And then out of that, like 28 million are considering freelancing to be like their full-time income. And so, but even thinking about that now, I'm like, well, you know, it, rather than moving forward with a bunch of these other things I want to publish, which I will still do, but I'm like, I could really go way deeper in freelancing. And so even that, maybe the, the, that bombing a little bit caused me to sit back and reflect more. And then now it could change the trajectory of what I do in a really positive way for the next like five years. You never know. But the point is like, we can't control what happens. We can control how we respond to it and what we learn from it. And so ultimately I'm just sort of grateful for everything that happened there. And I'm, it just makes me really excited to you know, kind of go back and retool and then get it right the second time. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, so many lessons and just those few stories that we talked about there. I would recommend anyone listening to this, go back and listen again, because there are a ton of golden nuggets in there. I know we talked about the, we talked about the copywriting course. We talked about the freelance writing course. You also recently launched a podcast called The Road yeah. to a Billion, um, which by the way, a great podcast. You guys should go check it out. And I will put links to all the stuff Stefan and I talked about on the show notes page. So if you guys want to find that stuff, you can do that there. Um, Road to a billion. And where can people go and find out more? I mean, I know you told them how to get on your list. Is there a specific place people can kind of go see everything you've got going on? Yeah. I appreciate you mentioning the podcast too. That's been fun to to put out. And at some point I definitely want to have you come join me as well. And we'll have a good time doing that. Um, But it'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be really fun. Uh, you know, honestly, the, the best place is probably my email list. Um, you know, if you go to just stephanpaulgeorgia.com, you'll see like stuff from me and content. But uh, my email list is really like a hub, right? Because from there, I'm emailing every day. I'm sharing like, like I get constantly people saying like, you should be charging for this because I just give like really high level valuable stuff. But then when I put out, when I create videos, like I'm on YouTube or new podcast episodes come out or I, you know, just write content or whatever it is, like I always um, email my list and share it with them. So really like my list is almost like a central hub where from there, like I'll link you out to like my whole universe. And over time you may find that you love my videos on YouTube or you like listening to the podcast on iTunes or whatever it is. But 
the easiest thing I think is to, to be on the email list. Um, it's pretty, there's an application just for people when they go. And like, as long as you answer like with thoughtful answers like that, you know, cause I asked for real information. Cause I'm really vulnerable. I mean, I shared like real numbers. I shared like my income for like a month, a few months back. I'm right. like, here's my income. Here's what I made. Here's where I made it from. Here's a breakdown, right? That's like really personal information. And if I'm going to share that, like I kind of need to know who's on my list. So it's, it's not like a mass thing. It's like more curated, but it's not like an elitist thing. Like if you just, just don't like name like Z, you know, like, uh, like, well, why did you join my list? Like I had some, like, I think I said something to tell me more about yourself and some woman in Brazil said, seriously, question mark. And I was like, you don't get to join, you know, <laughs> like you gotta just, it can be a sentence like, Hey, I'm, you know, I listened on Tom's podcast and I'm interested in marketing. I'm really happy to be on it. Right. Great. That's all I need. So I just want to kind of pre-frame that for people when they do go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe and check it out. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Stefan, man, I, I, I know we went a little longer than I had anticipated, but it's such great, great info and I really appreciate you being here today. I appreciate all of you for listening to What's the Secret as well. And there will be uh, links in the show notes. So you can always go to tomgaddis.com, click on this episode, find all the links that Stefan and I talked about in this episode. And I want you guys to stay safe out there, practice aloha, and we'll see you on the next episode of What's the Secret. Bye, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share the link or post it on Facebook and say, check this out. Really make my day if you did that. Also, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, my name's Tom Gaddis, and I'll see you next week on What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha for now, everyone.